welcome everyone to our podcast. Uh, we call it From the Preacher's Study. I'm Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Kevin Clark is with me. We've been uh, working together and not only the podcast, but even predating the podcast, we've been working right. together in a similar format, uh, doing uh, Bible studies. Uh, started mm-hmm. out in Philippians, we Colossians, did. we studied the life of Paul. We so we've kind of been at this kind of thing for quite a while now, and uh, things have gone very well. We've gotten mm-hmm. a lot of good encouragement, and uh, we hope that we say some things today that uh, will make you think, about, make, maybe make you think about your own relationship with the Lord and how you're carrying out your spiritual responsibilities and uh, if you find it profitable, we invite mm-hmm. you to ask other people to join with us, people that maybe you know in the neighborhood or you work with or you're friends with, maybe some of your family members. Uh, invite them to join with us and study the Scriptures. Amen. We're just going through the book of Ephesians. We're just right. studying the text, uh, which is uh, very powerful, of course. Amen. You know, the Word of God is very powerful. Being powerful. has yeah. the power to change lives and instructs us and it's a light to our way, mm-hmm. a lamp to our feet. And so there's great benefit and great profit to be gained just from studying the text itself, Amen. which is what we're we're trying to do. So we're in Ephesians chapter 5 mm-hmm. uh, today, and we're going to pick up in about verse 22. Kevin, any introductory remarks? You know, I always am amazed at the power of God's Word, and certainly, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. And then to live in this time where we have so many ways that we can spread the word and get the word out there, you know, through this podcast, people that you and I may never even see or meet, but they're able to hear the word of God being broadcast because of this technology. And certainly as we think about that, we want to think about Mark Townsend and Jason Reed, two of our deacons here who help us uh, with this every time we do it. It's just incredible that we have the ability to reach so many people with the word of God knowing that it's going to have its desired effect. It will not return to him void, as Isaiah said. Right. I know, like I'm sure you do, that there are people kind of all over the country, even out of the Mm -hmm. country, outside the United States, who listen in from time to time and make comments and good good encouraging comments to us and words of support, and we appreciate that very much. That is is amazing, isn't it, it, that we can sit here in this place (laughs) and we can reach people all over the world with the gospel. And so we're very thankful for that. That's right. Well, let's turn our attention to Ephesians chapter 5. You remember in verse 15 there, Paul says, be careful how you walk. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's talking about how we conduct ourselves, how we live our lives, the choices we make between good and evil and right and wrong. And so He's talked about that for some time now, really going back to the first part of chapter four. Mm-hmm. So be careful how you live and be careful how you walk. And he sort of concludes this section in verse 21 by saying, be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Right. And then from there, he transitions and gives several examples or applies that mm-hmm. principle in several ways. And so we're to be sub- subject to one another. For example, Wives are to be subject to their husbands. Mm -hmm. Children are to be subject to their parents. Mm -hmm. And then slaves are to be obedient and in subjection or subject to their masters. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of being subject to one another is expanded on and elaborated Mm -hmm. on. And you make some uh, specific applications here. You know, all Christians are subject to someone. Absolutely. That idea goes against our Western way of thinking, our American way of thinking. We want to be independent. Mm -hmm. We want to determine Mm -hmm. for ourselves our own course in life. We don't want to be subject to anybody. In fact, sometimes (laughs) we're quite defiant about that and quite, you know, quite, uh, quite strong in our, in our language about that. I'm not going to bow to anyone, but Christians, that's, that, that idea is really antithetical to 
what mm -hmm. we find in Scripture. That's right. All Christians are to be subject to someone. For example, can you give me some examples? Well, uh, to kind of flesh that out a little bit. There are several things. First of all, all of us are citizens of a government, and we have an obligation in passages like Romans 13, 1 through 7, to be subject to the governing authorities. And so all of us are subject in that way. Uh, if you're a part of a congregation that has elders, all of the members are subject to the elders. Uh, if you're a, a child, obviously you're subject to your parents. Uh, we're talking tonight about wives being subject to um, their husbands. And, and think about your employer. Uh, and I know now, you know, back then there was the teaching about bond servants and masters, but the corollary today is really your employer. You're subject to them as well. Right. And anybody who has a job and you have a supervisor, a manager, or an owner, you're subject to that person. So as you say, there's no component of life that you can get to the point where you're free of all this. In fact, it's kind of funny. When you're a kid, you say, I can't wait to grow up, so I won't have people tell me what to do. You'll always have people tell you what That's to right. do. <laughs> That's right. And so uh, we're subject, a student is subject to his teacher. That's right. That's right. Or uh, an athlete or a player subject coach. to his coach. That's right. So we're all subject to someone. We all uh, recognize and yield to the authority of others. Mm -hmm. Christians are duty-bound to respect the authority of those who have authority right. over us. And that's a crucial concept for us to understand mm -hmm. and grasp. We must respect the authority of those who have authority over us. And maybe right. may start in the home with parents right, right, right. And, and then teachers and coaches and employers. But ultimately, mm. it's the Lord, isn't that's it? That's exactly right. All yeah. of us must be him. subject yeah. to the Lord. That's and so right. these earthly relationships... Uh, are really only sort of a proving ground mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for our relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. And so the idea that nobody's going to tell me what to do, I'm just going to do what I want to do right. and kind of be defiant and rebellious, yeah. stubborn in that, it's really not a scriptural not at all. concept. Not at all. And uh, so we need to be subject. Mm -hmm. in, in, the, in, in a congregation, mm -hmm. members are to subject themselves to one another. And so That's anyway, right. we could we could talk about that more, sure. but we'll continue. So Paul then transitions to mm -hmm. family relationships. Right. So verse 27, wives be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. And so he begins a discussion, takes several verses here, where he talks about husbands and wives mm -hmm. and their relationship to each other. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about wives mm -hmm. today. And, that sounds good. And um, sort of look at a, the few verses in this paragraph here that uh, address wives. Uh, there are several passages in the New Testament that talk about the husband-wife relationship mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. family relationships. Colossians chapter Absolutely. 3. Yeah, yeah. When we went through the book of Colossians, we saw in chapter 3, in a, a, a briefer way, a, sh a shorter way, he mm -hmm. says addresses some of the same situations, some of the same issues, beginning in verse 18 and following. We see it in 1 Peter chapter 2 as well, mm -hmm. beginning in verse 13, talks about servants and masters, and then he goes on and talks about husbands and wives in chapter 3 and all the, from verse 1 down through verse 7. I wanted to talk a little bit about marriage in general, that right. you know God created marriage mm -hmm. for our good. You That's might remember right. Genesis yeah. 2, 18, yeah. where God saw that it wasn't good that the man was, was alone. alone. Yeah. That was not good. That makes an interesting contrast to chapter one. Mm -hmm. God made this and it was good. Mm -hmm. God made this and it was good. He made this and it was good. And he saw this and it wasn't good. It wasn't good, yeah. And yeah. so he made a woman for the man and she filled his needs. So that together, mm -hmm. the both of them made something that was very, very good. And so 
marriage is a good thing. Uh, modern culture might say, well, marriage is dead. You know, we've, we've mm -hmm. progressed beyond mm -hmm. that and all that. But, but no, you know, marriage is beneficial to us. It's good for us. It right. provides the things that we need. Right. And so we need to look at it in a positive way. Got any yeah. comments about yeah. up, that up to that point? It's a divine institution. It was something that God brought into existence, as you referred to in Genesis 2. It talks about the uh, relationship between Adam and Eve. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And so it's such an important relationship. It's the only relationship described as a one flesh relationship. In fact, I often make the point in some of my teachings, obviously we love our children, but really the closest human relationship we're supposed to have is between a husband and wife. And it does mirror, as we're going to talk about a little bit, uh, the relationship between Christ and the church. The other point I make is this, is that because Christ or God created the relationship, he has the right to regulate it and define it. And so we have a lot of debate these days about what marriage is and is not, how to define it. Uh, all of that really is, is, is nonsense because God has already created it and defined it. It is what it is. Everything else is really a mockery of what God has said. Right. So marriage isn't the res result of societal evolution mm -hmm. or anything mm -hmm. like that. It was instituted by God right. in the beginning. That's right. And marriage as God would have it consists of a man and That's woman right. bound together in a permanent relationship right. in which mutual respect and love flow between Amen. them. Amen. So something like that. And so marriage always, as far as I know in the Bible, if someone is married, it's a man and a woman right. married, married together. Absolutely. And you see that reflected in this passage, Ephesians yeah. chapter 5. You have husbands mm -hmm. and you have wives, men and women. In mm -hmm. fact, he quotes uh, Genesis chapter chapter 2 in verse 31. Mm -hmm. yep. For this reason, a man shall leave his <laughs> right. father and right. mother and be joined to his wife, yeah. and the two shall be one flesh. That's right. That's right. And so, uh, that's, that's right. Marriage is beneficial for many reasons. Uh, it provides companionship mm -hmm, that we need. Mm -hmm. It provides a safe and healthy context mm -hmm. in which sexual desire mm -hmm. can be right. fulfilled and satisfied. It, it's, it's healthy. It's mm -hmm. safe. It's beneficial. It's mm -hmm. enriching and uplifting That's right. between the husband and wife. And then um, it provides a context in which children can yes, be born yes. and reared and right. nurtured right. in a loving relationship. And so strong families make for strong society right. where the family breaks down, right. the society breaks down. And I'd also add strong church, strong families make strong, strong churches, churches as yeah, well. Yeah. So let's think about the strong families that mm -hmm. we have here, have mm -hmm. here at Oak mountain. Right. And that contributes to the strength of the, the church, church as well. Not, yeah. not, not, not every strong Christian is married. We're not trying, sure. right, you don't right. have to be married to be a strong sure. Christian. The strong families mm -hmm. make for strong churches as Amen. well. Amen. Well, anything to add there? Kevin? Well, I would just say that we really want to have great relationships so we can model for our children those relationships because it's so hard to duplicate that which you've never seen. I've talked to some Christians who didn't have those advantages, didn't grow up in a Christian home, and they struggle to figure out what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a husband and wife? What does it mean to be a father and a mother? Well, if you've seen that, it's so much easier. In my case, I was blessed to have two Christians who loved each other, mother and a father, and I saw what that was supposed to look like, and so I had a blueprint already. Yes, you have the scriptures, but it's nice to see the scriptures in action. So for those married people out there, be the blueprint for your children. Be to each other what God would have us to be. Now think about a young boy who grows up and his dad, his father is absent. Where does he learn how mm -hmm. to be a man? That's right. 
without a man in the home who's showing him that on a consistent basis day by day. Where does he learn that? Right. Well, he learns it on TV. Yeah. He learns it in the movies. He yep. learns it in music. He learns it in the neighborhood. <laughs> and those are not really good no, sources they're really not. Uh, to, uh, to learn how to be a man. Certainly not a godly, godly man, man right, yeah. which is the best kind of man to be. And so yeah. what the Bible says about the home is very important. And if, if we can follow that, we have a strong, we'll have strong lives ourselves, Amen. strong, happy, fulfilling lives ourselves. It'll have benefit to the community mm -hmm, and to the mm -hmm. culture, to the church as well. Amen. Well, all right, Ken, let's, let's look just for a few minutes at a couple of passages here. Okay. Verse 22, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. And then verse 24, mm -hmm. as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands and everything. And then verse 33, yep, nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his wife even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband or fears mm -hmm. her husband. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we don't have a whole lot of time uh, to talk about this, but you know what? <clears throat> He's very clear, isn't he? Verse 22, wives be subject to your own husbands. And we don't need to water that down. <laughs> I mean, it, right. it's, it's straightforward it enough that a wife is to be subject to her husband. Mm -hmm. Modern culture bristles at that. It does, it does. What you have sometimes is people who have little respect for Scripture passing judgment on Scripture. That's right. And so you have people who don't respect what the Bible says to begin with, right. and then they find fault with what the Bible says. But That's right. If you have respect for Scripture, mm -hmm. you don't have any trouble accepting what Scripture says. Now, we need to take all that Scripture sure. says right, right. on this and every other subject, sure. but we don't need to water that down. No, Wives, no. be subject to your husbands. Amen. Um, and it means what it says. So Scriptures teach that, as you're going to talk about husbands in our That's next right. session, but scriptures teach that the husband and the wife are to work together. Mm -hmm. Husbands are to lead their wives, mm -hmm. listen to them, even yield to them, right, right. and uh, work for her benefit. Mm -hmm. In mm -hmm. return, the wife submits to the leadership right. of her husband. And so they work together, complementing yes. each other. Not, not a tyrannical way or a dictatorial way but they're complementing each other to the well-being of the family. Yes. So I just liken it to a team. That's exactly right. You work together <laughs> as a team. Right, now you have right. a leader in right, the team, right. but the team is working together for everyone's benefit. Amen. And so the husband leads with the support of his wife who helps him. That's right. And so you might remember Genesis 2 that he created mm -hmm. the woman as a help yep. yeah. who was suitable, suitable for him. Yeah, that's right. Now, some people think that that idea of being a help is somehow demeaning or no, dehumanizing to the woman. But I thought about a passage like the 146th Psalm. And so just take a look at that, the 146th Psalm. And um, no, not the 146th, the 46th Psalm in verse 1. Go over there and, and uh, read that verbatim, just so I get all the wording right. God is our refuge and, and strength, a very present help mm -hmm. in time of trouble. God mm -hmm. is our helper. Right. <laughs> is, is he, does that somehow Diminish, lower no. him to an inferior rank or status? Uh, no. But he is a, sometimes the stronger help the, the weaker. Weak. That's right. And so we're told to help the weak, First mm -hmm. Thessalonians 5.14. Mm -hmm. right. And so being a helper is not demeaning. Not at we're all. all to help each other. That's right. And so it's not dehumanizing. It's not demeaning uh, at all. There's order in the family. The husband is the leader. The wife supports and works with the husband. Mm -hmm. The parents guide the children. Some marriages are a tug of war. 
It's just a tug of war as each, as the husband and wife are, are pulling against each other, right. each one, almost a competition, mm-hmm. each, each one competing for the you know, more authority, mm-hmm. just is not supposed to be that way. Yeah. And so wives, submit to your husbands, yield to them, follow their lead. Right. You help each other, you work together as a team for the benefit of the family. So if a wife decides, you know, I need to work on that. Okay, mm-hmm. work on that. That's right. Just like we might work on controlling our anger yes, or controlling right. our tongue or any other aspect mm-hmm. of our spiritual duty, might need to work on being sub- in subjection yes. to your husband. Right. Any, any comment? Well, and also in verse 24, it says, let wives be uh, subject to their own husbands in everything. And so it's pretty comprehensive. Of course, and we I don't have a whole lot of time to talk about this, any uh, use of authority that suggests that somebody has to do something or must do something contrary to God's will right. is illegitimate. Because all authority ultimately derives from God. And so there's always the exception. We call it the Acts 5.29 the exception. We ought to obey God rather than men. The apostles said that in the face of teaching from the Jewish leaders about not teaching the name of Jesus. That would apply here too. If a husband were to try to abuse his authority and have his wife do something that's contrary to God's will, he's lost that authority and she's not obligated to do that. But, but for those sorts of things, it ought to be something where she is in subjection. But remember, and we'll talk about this more, she's also hopefully... Uh, being led by a husband who's loving her as Christ loves the church. That's a much different uh, scenario than the caricature that the naysayers want to say of some man that's just taking advantage and abusing somebody. We're not talking about that. We're talking about mutual respect and love, as you mentioned at the beginning of the program. That's right. Well, we're going to continue this conversation in our next next broadcast. I see Mark and Jason over there giving us the times up signal. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I think it's been up for a while. (laughs) But uh, we did want to spend a little bit of time yes. talking about marriage in general, and then yes. this what this passage says about wives' responsibility. And so we might have gone a little bit longer than usual today, but hopefully it was uh, it was it was good good discussion and Amen. beneficial. I Kevin, would you lead it. us in the closing? Let's word? do it. Dear gracious heavenly Father, we thank you very much for this opportunity we have to study your word. We're always appreciative of the ability to peer into your mind and to understand how you would have us to see the world, to see ourselves to act towards each other, to relate to each other, the interpersonal dynamics of the human relationships that we have. Most notably tonight, we are at this time, we've been talking about uh, the relationship between a husband and a wife, and we're so very thankful that you've given us marriage, and it is just that, a gift that we really appreciate, uh, and we really appreciate the fact that you've defined what it is and defined the roles and told us how we should fulfill those roles. And if we do things according to your will, which is always the case, It's such a beautiful relationship, a beautiful blessing to everybody who's involved, and even those on the outside as they reap the benefits of us being what we ought to be. So may all of us uh, who are married uh, uh, really determine to be better husbands and better wives. There's always room for improvement as we try to model the principles that we read in Ephesians chapter 5. You can't get any better than the model of the relationship between Christ and the church, and that's the ever-present goal that we have uh, for men to be more like Christ and for women to be more like the church in their submission to their husbands. Please help us to have the right attitude and and love each other and care for each other and respect for each other. And understand that just because there are differences in roles, it doesn't in any way diminish the value of any individual. Uh, We're all children of God. We're all made in the image of God. But God has specified that within the marriage which he gave to us, there are differences in roles, and we need to respect that. We thank you for life, health, and strength that you've given to us, all the many blessings that you shower us with, but most especially, we're so very thankful that those of us who call ourselves Christians have been washed in the blood of your Son. Thank you for that great sacrifice, that great demonstration of love 
that taught us how to love each other. And hopefully we can take that love and apply it in our lives, especially in this relationship between husband and wife. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Please continue to be with us. Guy, guard, and direct us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.